You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Steven Pianovich. It's Wednesday, August 29th, which means we are three days away from Penn State football coming back. We are rapidly closing in on that season opener. College football is in the air, and we have a lot of things to talk about. On today's show, we will be speaking with John McGonigal, who covers the Nittany Lions for the Center Daily Times. Uh, Penn State's depth chart was released. Its initial depth chart was released on Tuesday for the first time. James Franklin had a press conference yesterday. Tuesday is definitely the newsiest day. Uh, that Penn State usually has during the week. So Johnny will be joining us later to break that all down. Uh, I'm also going to have a little bit of Penn State trivia with John. Uh, Hopefully it'll test your knowledge. Hopefully Penn State fans get ready for that. You'll have to think back to some non-conference games of years past. And then at the end of the show, I'm going to have my first installment of our top five countdown here on Locked On Nittany Lions. This week I'll be counting down Penn State's top five season openers So stick around for that at the end of the show. Quickly, before we dive into things here, I just want to thank everyone who has liked us, downloaded us, listened to us, subscribed, commented, etc. on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We've had a great response from Nittany Lions fans so far, as I know we would. You can find us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany, and we are also on Facebook. We'll be posting our show there every day. We'll also have some content some other Penn State content, memes, things of that nature, what have you, uh, during the season and during games. So make sure to follow us on there, and you can follow me on Twitter. It's at S-P-I-A-N-O-V-I-C-H. That's at S-P-I-A-N-O-V-I-C-H. Uh, you can yell at me for all the things I did wrong or be nice and tell me what you like about the show. Either one works as long as you're listening. So as I mentioned before, we are joined we are going to be joined by John McGonigal to start the show. He's going to recap a busy day in State College. John was at James Franklin's press conference today, and uh, he joins us now to let us know what he learned from that and what he learned from Penn State's first depth chart. John, thank you so much for joining us. How are you enjoying game week thus far? The offseason, you know, it got old. It always does get old, and so getting to game week is, is really yeah, nice. Yeah, it absolutely is. So you were at James Franklin's press conference today, and I think it's fair to say the biggest topic of conversation was the first depth chart that Penn State released that's out there in the world now. Uh, what things stood out to you when you first took your first look at it? Was it uh, maybe some position battles that played out or you know, some people uh, jumping up that, that maybe you didn't expect? What did you see on that depth chart? So the, the two things for me that really stand out, at least on the offensive side of the ball, is you look at right tackle, right? So, all right, so this offensive line is finally going to be a strength for Penn State. That's, that's been said before uh, with, with what they went through post-sanctions, but I really, I really think it's going to be a strength this year. But the one kind of question mark or the one kind of thing up in the air is right tackle. Who's going to start, Chaz Wright or Will Fries? And they're both listed as you know, kind of the or situation. Uh, on the depth chart, and it looks like both of them will get some run. Uh, it's you know it might be flip flop depending on who they play, but that's something to keep an eye on Saturday as to who comes out in the, with the first team. Uh, and then you look at wide receiver, and it's just interesting. There are just a few moving parts there. So typically on Penn State's depth charts, they will 
let you know who is the X receiver, um, the, the, the Z receiver, and the H receiver, which is the, the slot. And this year they just have three just, just as wide receivers. So what's interesting about that is you have DeAndre Tompkins, Juwan Johnson, and K.J. Hamler, redshirt freshman, starting. DeAndre and KJ worked both at the, the slot and the um, and the other outside wide receiver position. Juwan is kind of staying at the X. So we don't really know yet if DeAndre is going to be working the slot or if he's going to be outside and where that puts KJ Hamler. So that's kind of interesting to me. And then you look at linebacker, obviously, um, you know, Manny Bowen, uh, no longer with the program again. And Jan Johnson, who was interestingly still not on scholarship, is going to start at middle linebacker week one with – Koa Farmer and Cam Brown and uh, and you know Franklin actually said that Cam Brown has separated himself significantly at his outside linebacker spot, whereas the ones and twos are closer at middle linebacker. Um, and you know where Koa is with uh, Michael Parsons behind him, so Parsons is going to get some run. And so yeah, there are a lot of interesting things when you look at the step chart that finally came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just real quick on the linebackers, yeah. Uh, First of all, Manny Bowen. It sounds like there was a little more clarity exactly why he was no longer with the team. Again, uh, what was what was said today about why he left for the second time? So James Franklin didn't really address it, but interestingly, Cam Brown did on a on a conference call uh, early Tuesday morning, basically saying that you know Manny came in and said, "Hey, I just want to focus on academics. I want to focus on graduating, which he'll do in December as long as he stays on track." And it, that just like not that I don't believe him. It's just interesting to me when when, when you think about you know, what What was said from Franklin and from the rest of the coaching staff and even some of the teammates like Coa Farmer at Media Day as to what mm-hmm. Bowen had to go through, the stipulations that were created for him to go through to even get back on the team. And right. then four or five days later, you know, or for, sorry, four or five days before the season starts, he's just like, you know what, I'm out. Like, I, I just want to focus on my studies. So not questioning the, the, the logic that's been put forth there, but it's just a really interesting situation that we probably will never find out the the, the – Hundred percent answer to, uh, but he's a loss, man. Like you know, he was right. wasn't expected to start from the get go. Franklin admitted as such a couple weeks ago that look, he's not going to start against Appalachian State. But I fully expected him. I thought it was going to be one of those deals where like, yeah, he's not going to start for the first few games of the year, but he'll be back when the Big Ten slate starts, and he'll be back, you know, starting at middle linebacker when it really matters against Ohio State on September 29th, and that's not going to be the case. Right, I, and he would absolutely have been their most experienced middle linebacker, even with the suspensions and being not being on the team in the offseason. He was suspended twice. So he was suspended for the Rose Bowl, suspended for the final three regular season games of last year, and kicked off the team prior to the Fiesta Bowl. And he still had twenty one, you know, career starts. Mm-hmm. And you know, last year his fifty one tackle still ranked fifth on the team. You know, and he missed four games. So, yeah, sizable loss, especially when you're starting a a guy who is a walk-on at middle linebacker. I like Cam Brown. I, I, I like what Koa, a combo of Koa's experience and Parsons' raw ability brings to the other outside linebacker position, but that middle linebacker position still isn't, I, in my mind, still isn't solved. Mm-hmm. And one more thing on Johnson. It's sure. it's Jan Johnson? Yes. Not not Jan Johnson? Not Jan. No, no, no. It, I, was, it, I had flashbacks to Jan Yagla of- <laughs> <laughs> former Penn State basketball lore. If so he's like if he was Swedish or like Croatian, then mm-hmm. yeah, it might be it might be Jan. But uh 
But no, no, he's he's pretty sure he's from PA, so it, it's Jan. <laughs> it's Jan. All right, hard J there. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. you mentioned Micah Parsons there in a previous question. I know he, James Franklin today listed a whole bunch of freshmen who are, in his words, green-lighted, which means that they are going to be playing every game and they're, they're not going to have a red shirt this season. Mm-hmm. Uh what do you expect from Parsons in his freshman season, first of all? And secondly, who are some other freshmen that we'll see on the field Saturday and all season? So looking at Parsons specifically, I mean, his speed is just – it's incredible. And, and the the amount of times we heard from not just the coaching staff but from Parsons' teammates throughout the spring because he enrolled in January and, you know, really leading up to the season in fall camp is that – you know, he can just make up for things with his athleticism. You know, he showed that in Harrisburg in high school as a defensive end, getting the quarterback so many times. Uh, but you look at you know some of the stories that, that, that were told, it's like, all right, yeah, he, he went through the wrong gap and he had to loop around the entire play, but he still made the tackle, you know, sideline and sideline. And it's like, those are the kind of things that, you know, even guys like, I don't know if Koa can, can, can do some of that kind of stuff. So it's going to be interesting how they use him, when they use him, you know, is it going to be a situational thing, just like third and longs, and just when you want to pressure the quarterback? You know, is he going to pick things up at a rapid pace? Is it going to take him longer to to kind of adjust to the college game? The first three, four games will you know be a good indicator of where his role will go. You know, as to mm-hmm. season, and it's nice that he has those. Look, Appalachian State and Pitt, and you know, you got Kent State and Illinois. You're Illinois. <laughs> And those are really games that Penn State should win handily. And you got Parsons there who he can kind of ease his way in a little bit, which is really nice. And uh, the second part to that question, other freshmen. Uh, so Franklin mentioned uh, Jesse Lucchetta, another linebacker who's greenlit. You've got Pat Fryermuth, a tight end. Uh, obviously, Jake Pinnegar, who is your starting uh, place kicker, starting field goal kicker. Uh, P.J. Mustaver, defensive tackle, a couple other guys in there as well. I, I'm really interested in Pat Fryermuth because this kid – is built. I mean, he's he's got he's taller and heavier than Jonathan Holland and Danny Dalton. Your number, your either or starter at, at tight end. And he just he's got the big enough body to block, and, and that's really why he's been given the green light, as opposed to another tight end who they have in the same class, Zach uh, Zach Koontz, who is you know six seven, but he just hasn't filled out that frame yet, so he's not ready. Fryermuth is, and you know he came in in the summer, or sorry, I think in May. Uh, so I'm really interested to see what he can do, and then obviously it'll be interesting how a true freshman kicker performs yeah. against Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan State, and on the road at Michigan. Yeah, I, freshman kicker that can make some fans uneasy, but maybe that's another um, situation yeah. where it's good they're playing teams that where the the field goals he's taking might not be of consequence as much. Yeah, and, and James even mentioned today that um, given that situation early in the season, you know, getting Pinnegar kind of acclimated to things you might see you know Penn State choose to go for it on fourth down or punt more frequently uh mm-hmm. it just be a situational thing but obviously with Trace at quarterback you feel confident in giving him the ball in any situation pretty much and then with a guy like Blake Gillikin who I think is you know is probably the best you know best punter in the Big Ten and is mm-hmm. good at you know coffin corner you know pinning guys in you know inside the five and ten that you have confidence in those two areas to kind of alleviate some of the pressure on Penninger. but he's going to be he's going to have to hit a field goal in a big moment this year and it's going to be interesting to see if, if he can do that absolutely well the going for it on fourth down at least might 
feel a little bit like the Bill O'Brien era. Going oh, for it, like, like inside your own 40, I don't think you yeah, wasn't going to punt. Yeah, true, true screw it mentality. <laughs> my, <That's>, my as <laughs> well. I appreciate that. It's more fun to watch. Oh, absolutely. All right. Uh, we're with John McGonigal from the Center Daily Times. We're going to step away for a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to play a little Penn State trivia with John. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually, it's about what team to bet on this week. And the truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. My bookie has been in business for years, has great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today with my bookie. And here's a special offer for Locked On Nittany Lions listeners. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar on deposits up to $1,000 when you use the promo code ONCOLLEGE. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code ONCOLLEGE. That's O N C O L L E G E. When creating your account to claim the bonus, my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. We are still joined by John McGonigal of the Center Daily Times, and we're going to do our first installment of what I hope becomes a weekly segment here, and that is some Penn State trivia. So, John, are you ready for your Penn State trivia question? I'm pumped. I'm ready. All right, there are multiple answers to this. All right. Uh, Penn State, of course, is playing Appalachia State this week out of the Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. Penn State, since 2000, has lost five games to na- non-Power 5 teams. Yeah. Penn State has lost five games to non-Power 5 teams, not counting a 2007 loss to Notre Dame. What five games, uh, what five teams have Penn, has Penn State lost to in the last 18 years? Temple's some, one of them. Temple is absolutely one of them. 2015, Christian Hackenberg was sacked 10 times. Ohio, Bill O'Brien's first game. Ohio and Bill O'Brien's season opener, yes. There was another one in the O'Brien era as well. UCF, UCF Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Put on, put on a show. Blake Bortles put on a show in, uh, at Beaver Stadium. Yeah, I was convinced that O'Brien was going to try and draft him because of that game. Like when <laughs> O'Brien went to the Texans, I really thought that was going to happen. Uh, so that's three. That's three. Um, I will give you – one of them is from the 2000 season and, and very tough. Uh, especially for us, some of the, the younger Penn State followers. And uh, the other one is in a bowl game. It was in a it's, bowl been, game? it's more recently in a bowl game. Wait, so the second one was in a bowl game, you said? Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, uh, yeah, it's within the, last, within the last decade in a bowl game. Uh, oh, God. Rob Bolden played. Oh, um, Houston, Case Houston, Keenum. Houston, that's right. Big City Bowl. Mm-hmm. Case Keenum. Yes. Yeah, Penn State has a knack for losing to quarterbacks who end up with some NFL careers in, in these games. 
Yeah, for real. Um, All right, the last one. This one's really. I'm not not gonna get the 2000 one unless you give me a really, really nice hint. (laughs) Penn State. uh, It's a MAC team. You want to just throw a random MAC team out there? Toledo. It was Toledo. Hey, look at that. (laughs) Toledo in 2000. Penn State started the year ranked 22nd in 2000. They lost their opener to USC and then followed it up with a real clunker against Toledo. That's terrible. Yeah. yeah, Toledo, fun fact, uh, I forget what the name of the mascot is. I think it's just the Rocket or whatever. Yeah. But uh, in NCAA f- Football 14, it is one of the most fun mascots to play with in the mascot mode. <laughs> just a bunch of guys. It's like in and out. Like the tree, the Stanford tree is a lot of fun, but they're really just like big and kind of clunky. Like the, the Rocket just moves in and out. It's, it's, really, it's really effective. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> if anyone has that game, you should – Give that a shot. You could probably beat Penn State in, in NCAA football 2000. All right, John. Well, thanks for playing Penn State trivia. You win a little bit of pride. And uh, hopefully you were playing there at home too. Uh, I don't think I missed anything. If I did, let me know. Um, and, John, real quick before I let you go, sure. uh, I want a prediction for this weekend. And okay. I also want a season prediction, a win total for Penn State and why you think that. All right, so I haven't thought of a score really this weekend, but I'll I'll come up with something. Let's go. The, the spread is twenty four, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go thirty eight to fourteen. I actually think it's closer. Uh, like it, it's it's one of those kind of KG first halves uh, because mm-hmm. Appalachian State does have some pieces. They won nine games last year. Yeah. They're a solid team. Um, and then for the season, I'm going Penn State nine and three. Um, ever since, you know, I, I was telling telling my buddy this the other day, like, you know, as soon as I got after the Fiesta Bowl, I hopped on the media bus and I started thinking about what to anticipate for 2018. And I was just like, all right, I like looking at the schedule. I'm thinking nine and three, ten and two. Just you don't lose Saquon Barkley, Joe Moorhead, almost more importantly. Mm-hmm. And more than half your defense without taking a step back from the previous year and going ten and two, you know, last year was was a solid season, disappointing to some, but a solid season. Yeah. And the biggest thing is like what I talk to fans throughout the offseason, their biggest kind of self assurance is that, hey, like we get all our tough teams at home. Well, you still have to play them. You still have to play Wisconsin, mm-hmm. who is five AP preseason All Americans. You still have to play Michigan State, who has the quarterback that killed your playoff hopes last year and Ohio State who was always in the playoff conversation and then you go on the road at Michigan who was a total wild card with Shea Patterson now quarterback and returning one of the best defenses in the country so I just think they lose to two you know possibly two games at home Trace McSorley's never lost a game at home I think it happens this year um and yeah somehow there, there will be three losses in there and it, it, it's more of Penn State's opponents than it is Penn State not being talented because they're gonna have a yeah. talented team I mean, this could be a very like they could be nine and three and still be a top twelve, top fifteen team. I think theoretically they could be nine and three and still make it to the Big Ten title game. Like that's how kind of crazy the Big Ten East could be. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I they have the talent to run the table. They have the talent to go eleven and one and make the playoff. But I just think it's going to be really tough, uh, really tough this year, given the schedule, given the losses that they have. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it plays out in that game one this weekend, Appalachia State. John McGonigal will be there. I'm sure he'll join us again sometime soon on Locked On Nittany Lions. John, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy this weekend. Hey, thanks, Bianca. I appreciate it, man. Take care. The wait is nearly over. 
Football is almost here, and that means it's fantasy football season again. And FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. Don't believe us? How's this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. This is the biggest free Survivor Contest ever. Here's how it works. You pick one team to win each week, and you can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. This locks before week one, so don't miss your chance to sign up now. To get into that free $250,000 FanDuel contest, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on today. So today, to close out the show, I'm going to do a top five countdown. This is going to be a weekly thing here on Locked On Nittany Lions. And today's countdown is going to be looking back at Penn State's top five most memorable season openers, at least from the past 40 years. I didn't, I didn't dig too deep into the archives past uh, 1978, but still, these are the top five most memorable, not necessarily the top five best games or Penn State's best wins in season openers, but the most memorable season openers will start at number five, and that is in 2012 against Ohio. It was Bill O'Brien's first game. It came about six weeks after Penn State got sanctions from the NCAA. It was a game. Penn State had nine guys leave the team weeks before this game. There was some doubt if it might happen at, at different points in the summer or if Penn State could field a competitive team. Of course, Penn State did lose this game to Ohio, but it was a very memorable day at Beaver Stadium. Moving on to number four was a game against Texas Tech in 1995. Also at Beaver Stadium, Penn State went into the year at number four in the AP poll. This was coming off the undefeated 1994 season. But they didn't have Kerry Collins. They didn't have Kajana Carter from that great offense. And Texas Tech came in unranked, but nearly pulled off a huge upset at Beaver Stadium. Penn State needed a last-minute field goal to get the win. Number three in this countdown of top five season openers is UCF in 2014. This was James Franklin's first game, and many people remember it as the game that was in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, It was... It was at 8 a.m., I believe, for East Coast fans, and it was just—it was a very unique experience. Even if you didn't make the trip, it was kind of fun to watch a game that early. And Penn State also got a win. Sam Ficken hit a game winner. James Franklin was 1-0 as Penn State's head coach. Number two in this countdown, Penn State's top five matchup with Arizona in 1999. Penn State entered the 99 season at number three in the country, Arizona was number four. They met at Beaver Stadium, and Penn State just destroyed them. They it was forty-one to seven was the final score. That that defense had Var Arrington and Courtney Brown. And Penn State also had quite a nice offensive day back then. Uh, Penn State actually ended up going undefeated with that team through October before losing three state straight games. So number one here, Penn State's most memorable season season opener from the last 40 years is Maryland in 1985. 
Penn State was number 19. Maryland was number seven. Hard thing to imagine now. Maryland was number seven. Penn State went down there and they beat the Terps on their home turf. They jumped out to a big lead, held on for a 20 to 18 win. Uh, Penn State ended up winning 11, their first 11 games that year, and they were number one going into the Orange Bowl before losing to Oklahoma. It was also Penn State's 21st straight win over Maryland, and uh, it, it showed that team was for real. So that's our top five for this week. I do not expect Penn State's opener against Appalachian State to crack this top five. If it does, that might be a, might be a bad thing. Uh so we're going to do this every week where we'll be counting down the top five, just top five different things as they relate to different games. That's going to become a weekly staple here on Locked On Lines. But that's all we have for today. Uh, we are 25 minutes closer to a Penn State season opener. Uh, we'll have two more shows this week before the game. Uh, I had some superlatives for Penn State's schedule earlier in the week. We're also going to have superlatives for the roster, players on Penn State's roster, both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Uh, so that's coming up. I also have a few more interviews that I'm excited to share. So those are things to look out for in the next couple days heading into the weekend. And I hope you'll join us then. Thanks so much.